Inside the Man Cave Podcast Show. Follow me at Johnny Compion on Twitter. Like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Inside the Man Cave Podcast Show. And follow me on IG and Facebook Meta. Oh, man, it's been one of those days when you wake up and everything is just coming at you 100 miles an hour. NFL agents, free agency frenzy is upon us. A lot of things happening. Hopefully, you're one of those 450,000 people watching the Pat McAfee podcast when Aaron Rodgers showed up and uh, was dropping bombs left and right. He's so cool, and I dig the A lot of people hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm a, I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. I, I've told you guys, I love the NFL football game, and you know th- this guy is v- very cocky and arrogant, and people just can't stand it. People can't stand Aaron Rodgers for who he is, right? I get it. I wasn't a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers when he first came into the league, and he was <laughs> just doing magic. After Brett Favre stepped aside and Aaron Rodgers took over in Green Bay, it was like it was natural for him. And for him to be in, in in that organization for 15 years, uh, he talked very well of that organization. He didn't trash him. He didn't sound like a disgruntled uh, employee on the way out. He he name dropped a bunch of people, people in the in the community that he loves and appreciated. And that's why, you know, people in that that region are pretty upset about what's going on. And what he said today, you know, Twitter was on fire earlier because <laughs> he knows. He said the signs were all there. He says it's like I, I can understand, not on his level, but when you're dead man walking, you feel that. You feel when you're not wanted. And you're not wanted to be, you know, you, you don't, your, your work is done at a certain place, right? And you're, they're like, ah, uh, we're done, dude. We're moving on. We want to go and start over. But like I said, I'm not on that level with Aaron Rodgers, but I've, I've felt that where you're dead man walking and it's like you walk into work because you've been walking in there for so many years and you know, every day is like, hey, how are you? You know everybody. Everybody, every office you pass by, you're like, hey, what's up? You're, you, hey, how was your weekend? You know, how's the family? Hey, uh, hey, thanks for inviting me to that barbecue. Uh, hey, thanks for this. It's, it's a family. It's a family thing. And being at a, a, at a business or organization for years, because it, the loyalty is gone. And for a lot of people, a lot of young players in the NBA, you see that. Loyalty's gone. You don't see things like that. People want to be in super teams and they they, they want to do all this stuff. And um, there's a, a thing called loyalty. These people fall in love with with 
where they've been drafted and and um they become a staple in that in that community and it becomes a part of them an example for San Antonio San Antonio Spurs Tim Duncan still lives in San Antonio he has businesses here and he he wants to be incognito but still he's part of it he's part of the of the city and the community he just wants hey he doesn't want to be that guy yes he did so much for us just like Aaron Rodgers did so much for Green Bay and he mentions that he every time McAfee and his producers were all trying to like you know kind of trying to bait him to take the cheese no pun intended but you know he didn't fall for it he was like ah oh, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go in there and trash him. That's what they were looking for. Uh, so that's why I like him. He's he's a straight shooter, and that's what you want from somebody that is playing for your team, right? You wear his jersey, and you you worship the guy because look what he's done for Green Bay. Yeah, I wish, I wish that that. He would have said, you know what, I will go to any team that comes up and, and uh, makes me a good offer and has a good team around them because Dallas would have been good. I would have said, just like they got rid of Elliott today, they released Ezekiel Elliott today, the third leading rusher in Dallas history. They got rid of him. They, they were like, dude, we're done. That cleared space for Tony Pollard you know, to be their future back, which he was hurt you know, coming towards the end of the season. He had that that horrible injury and hopefully he can come back and, and be the, the guy that he was before. I I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't think Pollard is going to be the same guy that we've been seeing. That injury was pretty bad. I, I hope he can come back and, and be that guy and get that money because you saw Pollard for years back there, backing up Elliot and making him look good because Elliot wasn't pulling his weight. Yeah, he had all these accolades and everything that that he did for Dallas. You know, how do I say this politely? You know, all he did was kind of just collect that paycheck. To me, I just feel he collected that paycheck, was worried more about his tattoos and his his nose piercings and um, his hair and the way he looked. Uh, and what he can buy for his teammates because he had all this money, but he had ninety million dollars, um, and uh, yeah, I, I just didn't see. I, I I wasn't a huge fan of of Elliot, nor am I a huge fan of Dak Prescott. If they were to say, you know what, we're going to move on for Dak Prescott, and we're gonna we're gonna go draft somebody and start over, I would be so happy. I think that would be the right thing to do. That I've said this to a few friends who are huge NFL fans and who follow the game pretty close. I've said that the young quarterback is the trend in the NFL right now. You know, that that's what, what it seems like to me. All these young quarterbacks who are coming out and making a statement in this game the offenses are all kind of molded towards them so they can be successful and they kind of they kind of you know grasp on and they take these teams to the next level which Dallas and uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott never did 
I, that's my opinion. I mean, if you, you disagree with anything that I'm saying about the Dallas Cowboys, um, and, you know, tweet at me at Johnny Compion and tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. Explain to me why. Just don't bash me and say that I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Have a valid argument about why they should keep, you know, they should have kept Elliot. I don't, I think they made the right move. If they can restructure his contract and make the numbers work, yeah, you know what? He can come back and be a backup to Tony Pollard. Uh, you think he would do that? He's, uh, But he won't because you know why? Ezekiel Elliott has a huge ego, and there's no way that he's going to take a backseat to Tony Pollard, who'd made him look very well since he had been with the Dallas Cowboys. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Elliott just declined ever since he entered the league. And every year, oh, he's losing a lot of weight. He's doing this. He's doing that. He looks clean. He looks cut. Yes, you know what? He was working out because you know what? That's what athletes athletes do. They work out. They work on their craft. And something that Elliot never caught on to was like, you know what? Keep your eye on the prize, dude. Do you know what this franchise wants? They want another. Jerry Jones wants another Super Bowl, and you couldn't get it done. You know, and I just can't believe Jerry. Well, I can because Jerry's Jerry. It is is in his own world. He has the the franchise that makes so much money that just they just back up all those Brinks trucks and just drop that money because everybody's buying the merch and Jerry really is going to do what Jerry wants to do, right? So there's that, right? So when I when I see that um, the way Aaron Rodgers was talking about the Green Bay Packers, he never trashed him. He thanked everybody, and he says, "You know what? My my thing is to go play for the New York Jets." And he's waiting for them to trade. And you know, I like it. I like the fact the way Aaron Rodgers handled it. You know what? Being in that hole and the darkness for a few days, I think it worked. So the Aaron Rodgers saga continues because he is not, he, because they were asking about what number do you want to use? Do you want to go to four or do you want to use zero or do you want to use 12? Or And he was kind of cool and coy about it. It was like, hey, you know what? It's not about that right now. Let everything kind of fall into place, and then there'll be a time and a place for it. You know, he's Aaron Rodgers. So that was cool. We will see where the dominoes will fall with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so just keep, you know, follow me on Twitter, at Johnny Compion, and let me know how you feel about the Zeke Elliott um, situation. Will he restructure to stay with the Cowboys or will he move on to Houston to where, where else could he go? Seattle? Because that's what happens. These players, they get cut and all of a sudden they go to a different system and they're very successful. <laughs> and then it comes back and then he's on a Super Bowl winning team. So how do you guys feel? How do you feel Cowboy fan? How do you feel about 
Ezekiel Elliott, the third leading rusher in Dallas Cowboy history, was cut. How do you feel? I saw this on Twitter. In all this season of Beavis and Butthead is coming. This 420. The dream has become reality. You know what I like about this Beavis and Butthead? This rendition of Beavis and Butthead, it's all current. It's not like I remember the 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 when it first started coming out on MTV, um it was very edgy. Well, not, not edgy. I mean, I'm talking about the graphics and the the art, you know, when it first started out. And then you saw the progression of it when Mike Judge was getting bigger and bigger. And Beavis and Butthead just took off, you know, with the videos and, and that. Everything that they did was so hilarious. I have a, a huge collection of DVDs with every single season of Beavis and Butthead. So when they see season two on Paramount, I'm like, no, there's dude, there's been way more, but this is the updated 2023 version. So look out for it. All right, here we go again. Motley Crue back in the news. I tell you guys, it always just happens to them. They always seem to find a way to get in my news feed. And... You know, when I saw this, I was like, I was pissed off at first because I did attend the stadium tour. I did attend the the end. Uh, I did attend um, the residency in Vegas and on and on. I can go on and on for years. I've attended Motley Crue shows, but the stadium tour was the fine was here in San Antonio. I was in the front row and then went to Vegas to see the last show where Mick Mars played his final show with Motley Crue before they brought in John Five, who I'm not a big fan of. I think he's he he doesn't fit Motley Crue. That's my opinion. I don't think it's a good good fit for Motley. Uh like I always say, if you disagree with anything that I'm saying on my podcast, tweet at me at Johnny Compion and, t- and tell me why. Um, but I saw this, and it was an article about Carmen Apice, who played with Ozzy and is, is good friends with Mick Mars. And he was interviewed by some, some podcaster, and um, the the... the the conversation led to Mick Mars and a piece said, I've been talking to Mick and he told me when he was on the stadium tour, he was not happy, happy at all. Uh, he said, basically everything was on tape and it was all planned out and ultimately a lot of crap. And I was like, wait a minute, let me read that again. Everything was on tape. Wow. Okay. I mean, Nikki Six, you talk about all these things about how you love the music, the passion, all this bullshit that you always spew out. And then you decide 
that your band, because that's what it, it's not Tommy's band. It's not Vince. It's your band. You, you're the one that took over. You're the Gene Simmons of this, this band, this Motley Crue band. Because ultimately in Kiss, it's, it's up to Gene Simmons to, to make the, the calls, right? And that's with Motley Crue. Nikki Six is the guy. You want Mick Mars out? I will have him fired. I want to hire my friend, John Five, to come in and, and you know, kind of change things up and, and do things for us now. So when I saw that, I was very disappointed because I'm a huge, I grew up a Motley Crue fan. I remember seeing the Shout at the Devil tour at the Hemisphere Arena with Axe, the band Axe opening up, and John Butcher Axe's was the the opener uh, and i remember how raw and just loud and just destructive motley crew was back in the day right and it and it, it continued through the theater pain and on and on and then you get to this where you you read everything was on tape um you know, and it's so disappointing. Uh, Mick didn't, it says Mick didn't like that everything was on tape. Mick told me that people that came to see it could tell that it was all pre-recorded, and that everything was on tape. He's like, when you play a stadium, like everything you can hear is a lot of things coming out of those monitors of what what doesn't. And with Vince's vocals, bass and drums, guitar, all that stuff, it was obvious that it was all on tape. Uh, and it says that Mick was pissed off and said, I can't play these things. I want to play them. I don't want to make believe. I want to play them. Uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why he said I'm done. And I don't blame him. I am so glad that you didn't fall in line, Mick, and say, you know what, okay, I'll go up there and steal the fans' money and act like we're playing and just dre- play, just play dress-up, basically. Just put the makeup on, dress-up, and not even maybe plug in and turn, you know, turn it all the way down and just play along with the music. And there's that's why people have been accusing of Vince Neal of lip-syncing lately on this last leg with John five and, and the, the new version of Motley Crue, because you can tell you, you can tell how it's not, it's not lining up because Vince can't keep up with it. So the other day, there was another article that came out that Nikki asked Vince and Tommy saying, Hey, what are you guys doing for the next, next eight, eight years? And they're like, well, nothing. Well, let's do this until the band hits the 50th anniversary. Okay, so you're going to fake it for the next few years. Vince, don't work on your craft. You know, I don't have anything to say about Tommy because Tommy, you know, Tommy's a great musician. Yeah, Nikki as well. So what happened? What What is the problem? Why must you play? Because I guarantee you, in the Def Leppard camp, they're not playing along to tape. I guarantee you, because I saw that. They sound sharp. They sound clean. They, they sound actually better than Motley Crue. Joe Elliott works at his craft. 
Vince obviously doesn't. Vince doesn't care because he's going to make you sing. Hey, sing along and and make me look better because I got to get through this set because I'm hungry and I want to get the fuck out of this town and get on my private jet and go to the next city. I don't understand. I don't get why this, if this was the case, Nikki Six, why didn't you just end it? You should have ended it in Vegas, man. But no, you, you think you can pull one over on the fans. And I hope there's repercussions. I hope there is. Why are you stealing money from the fans? Dude, we paid hundreds of dollars to go see you, and you're not even fucking like playing live. That's so disappointing. That's so shitty. When Metallica came out and played, their intro is pre-recorded. You can tell that right off the back. But it fades down and the band takes over and then they start playing live. I guarantee you Metallica is not going to go out there and fake it. They're not going to go out there and fake it. There's no way that Trujillo would be a part of it. There's no way that James would be a part of it. Nor Lars. It didn't really matter what Kurt Hammett thinks. He's going to fall in line with whatever James and and Lars says. They're the leaders, man. But it's mind-blowing how this thing has happened. And I knew, I knew, I knew something was up. I knew it. I knew something was up. I knew Mick was forced out. And that wasn't the case. He wasn't. I, I saw what I thought he was forced out, but he wasn't. That wasn't the case. He just didn't want to. He's like, dude, I do not want to play along with the tape. I want to play my guitar. I know how to play these songs. And this is what you do. This is how you treat us loyal fans who have been with you since day one. This is how you do, man. We pay $50 for the shirts we buy multiple albums. We rebuy the cassettes and everything that comes along. And then you give us a fucking concert that you're. It's so disappointing. I'm disappointed. It needs to be addressed. They, they need to come out and say, you know what? This is why we do it. Let us know at least. Lie to us. That's all you're doing is lying to us. We'll believe you. Whatever Nikki Six says, we'll, well, we'll believe you, dude. Okay, all right, okay, you were playing along because of this. Okay, well, now you have, maybe you, were, you didn't think that Mick Mars can hang anymore. Well, now you got John Five, and you're still fucking, like, you're probably still doing the same shit. Because a few weeks ago, they were accusing Mick, uh, Vince Neal of lip syncing. So you're still doing the same stuff where you're playing along to a tape. Stop. Stop that. Address the fan base. Tell us why. And, you know, maybe it might be better, you know, for us that it make me, you will make me feel better that I spend over $10,000 in the last few years to go move around to different cities to come see you play. Because I thought the whole time that you were playing live and you really weren't. I saw this article on Twitter on rollingstones.com and I've talked about this before in one of my first podcasts 
It's about uh, about vinyl. I'm a huge vinyl fan. If you look over to my right, you look, okay, well, I'm pointing right there. There it is. There's all my vinyl. I had a bigger collection than that, but um, years ago, my vinyl was sold at a flea market. Um, long story, but I'm not going to get into it because I don't even want to go there. Um, but... I lost a lot of my, I lost some cool pieces that I had. Very cool, rare, can't get any more pieces of vinyl. But you know what? I've rebuilt, I've spent hundreds of dollars on vinyl. Yes, I, I will admit it. I've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on vinyl. I've uh, scored some very good vinyl. There's some pieces in there that I'm very happy to have. So for now, I'm I'm content and I do pick up you know pieces here and there. I I do go to to record conventions when they, when they're around the area cuz I just love to flip through the vinyls and just kind of look and oh, there's one. Um I I enjoy that. I love doing that. So I read this it says, for the first time in decades, people bought more vinyl than CDs last year. In 2022, vinyl sold more units than CDs, according to the year in report from the record, uh, the Recording Industry Associations of America. For the first time since 1987, vinyl sold more units than CDs in the USA. Wow, that see, that's I believe it because you go to you go to Waterloo. In Austin, which is a very popular record store on Lamar. And you go there, and that is one of the places where you find good vinyl, where you can order it, and they can deliver it there, and you go pick it up, and you go buy more vinyl. You can either buy some used vinyl, or you can buy brand new vinyl. But they have it all. They have it all. And I, I love seeing the fact that people are still into it, because I know I am. And I laugh. I laugh at the younger generation, who who has to go out, and they go out and they buy the the you know record player and they buy a couple thirty threes and they're like, oh, look at my twelve vinyls I have here. I am. That's a great collection I have. Look, I have the new Taylor Swift. I have the brand new Lady Gaga. I got the new this and that. And I kind of just like, mm, okay. I stay quiet. I kind of just listen because I like to talk about it because I can always come back and tell you guys about it because I think it's hilarious. Because I still, I, I haven't been to Hogwild here in San Antonio. I, I've been going to Hogwild since I was 14. That's where I bought my first, I think I bought my first Anvil vinyl. I wish I would have had that still. Uh, I still go to, to, to Hogwild. And there's another uh, record place that I added that I go frequent, but I haven't been there in a while because I just didn't have the budget for it. I didn't have the budget, and I kind of had all the vinyl for now that I wanted. So there was nothing else that I had been seeking out. But CD Sam's here in San Antonio, you know, Sam is a good dude. You know, record store day, he has, I mean, people line up at, at one of the malls here that used to be popular back in the day. And he has a little area that, you know, people line up and go get 
vinyl. And that's where you see all the newbies that that are, um, you know, they're like, hey, I'm a big collector. I started collecting like two years ago. Jeez. Okay. All right. I'm here to get the new soundtrack for Star Wars or um, the Ninja Turtles. <sighs> like, okay, cool. And I'm like, okay, just don't get what I'm here to get. I'm here to get the release of Fight, Rob Halford's Fight, or a Queensryche re-release, or a Black Crow's vinyl that I've been wanting. Oh, no, I'm here to get the, the Goonies. The Goonies uh, vinyl's out, and that's what I'm going to get. Okay, oh, cool. Well, if I get it, I'll, I'll let you have it. If I find one, I can, I'll, I'll trade you for something. Yeah, it, it's... It's funny how, you know, these these younger cats come into the game and they're like, you know what, the new Crow vinyl is, you can't find it. They've only released 2,500 in the U.S. and I'm going to get two. All right. Yeah, so, you know, the industry for vinyl is growing. And the interesting, you know, thing is, is while vinyl continued to grow, Streaming remains the music industry's cash driver, making up to 84% of all the U.S.'s recorded music interview last year. And I believe that because I find myself, I, I subscribe to Apple's uh, subscription for $9.99 a month, and I can, I can stream all the music. If there's something new coming out, I can actually listen to it. I can save it into my playlist. And, and yeah, it's expensive, $9.99 a month. You know, for 12 months, yeah, you, you can make the numbers up there. But at least I'll have it. And if I really want it, I'll go get it on vinyl. And some of the stuff I do have on vinyl, I just don't want to, you know, I know there's a time and a place where I want to play it and, you know, enjoy it. So, yeah, streaming is, streaming is what people do now. I get it. I still love I, I still love to listen to to vinyl. I love the way it sounds. If there's something about it, I think you have to kind of be one of those people who have been in the game for a while to respect and to appreciate what vinyl has to offer. It's not just about the cover and, you know, how many units they have out. You know, hopefully the, the new people that are coming in really appreciate and understand, you know, how long vinyl has been around. Yeah, I get it. You can stream it on your phone. Da, 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 da. I like to get it. I like to have to own the vinyl. I like to open it up. I like to, to read the sleeves and, you know, do all that and look at the back of it and read the credits and. You know the thank yous to so and so and this and I'm I'm into that. I was when I was younger, that's what I would look at. And even in cassettes, you would open it up and unfold it and read all the credits and you know see if your local radio station made the cut. Hey, thanks for so and so for playing this. Or um, that's how much of a music freak I am. So it's good. Vinyl to me is king. I respect streaming. I still have CDs. I have cassettes. I do jam the cassette so because I have a cassette player. I have a, a DVD player. I have a VHS player combo. So I try to have everything. 
so I can kind of go back sometimes and, and you know, be nostalgic, right? Johnny Compion on Twitter, and you can also support the podcast show on anchor.fm slash Johnny5150.